a basic question to start the day. Have the Steelers turned it around? There's no question they're back in the discussion in the AFC North. Definitely. But I thought they'd be 5-1 right now, not 3-2-1. The Steelers are making progress, no question, but have they turned it around? Are you 100% comfortable that they are what they thought they would be? Because I'm not quite at that point yet, although yesterday was a big win. So have the Steelers turned it around? Are you 100% comfortable that the Steelers are what we thought they would be? The final score from yesterday at Cincinnati, windshield 28, bug 21. If that's a rivalry, it certainly is a lopsided rivalry. Here are my primary takeaways. The number one star was Ben Roethlisberger. He only needed one minute to run a two-minute drill. The number two star was James Conner. Lev Bell did not show up today at Steelers HQ. I'll talk more about that in a few minutes. And the Steelers should really consider whether they want Lev Bell back, whether a rallying team wants his toxicity. It sure doesn't sound like Ben does. And the number three star was the offensive line. Zero sacks allowed for a second straight week and great run blocking. Antonio Brown didn't contribute much until he really contributed a lot. That was a great read by Ben and a pick by Hunter, but A.B. made the play. The Steelers' defense doesn't stink quite as bad as it did. That's not exactly high praise, but it's all I got. The pass rush is good. Three more sacks yesterday, and the Steelers are second in the league now with 22. Joe Hayden played fantastic, except for the drop interception. Did a little... Ike Taylor number on a ball he should have caught and the Bengals went on to score a touchdown that drive Uh, Hayden though played good he was on A.J. Green most of the time and performed very well. Hilton is solid Sutton appears to be getting better Vince Williams had a good game and I never thought I'd say that but the Steeler defense parted like the Red Sea at the end of each half the Bengals ran a two-minute drill at the end of each half. Luckily, the Steelers had time to run a one-minute drill at the very end of the game. Artie Burns looks more and more like a bust, but the defense doesn't totally suck, and I'll take what I can get. This is the Mark Madden Show. You like it, you love it, you want more of it. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Or do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Uh, Le'Veon Bell did not show up today at Steelers HQ. Well, that is to say he's not yet shown up. But it don't look like he's going to, not today anyway. And you really got to wonder where that situation is headed. Especially with James Conner doing so well. And Bell once again misleading the Steelers. He told ESPN he'd be in... For the bye week. Well, the bye week started today, and Lev Bell is not there. Uh, Lev Bell is suffering from liabilities. 
Uh, there is so much to talk about. The tight end is now Ben's favorite target, no question. The tight ends had more catches than the wide receivers by 14 to 13. James Conner rushed for 111 yards, and he's really making a case for himself. It's still a small sample size, but perhaps I underestimated the guy. Like Ben said after the game, it's a shame it's Connor's last game, but we'll see how that works out with Bell not showing up today. I don't think Ben wants Bell back. I think Ben is like, F that guy. It was the same old Bengals. They tried to play dirty, but they weren't even good at that. Burfick's elbow at AB's head kind of glanced. And A.B. came right back in the game. And after the game, Drake Kirkpatrick and Tyler Boyd both said they won but were better than them. Well then, kids, maybe you should have had more points than the Steelers. Dre, maybe you shouldn't have taken that holding penalty that really helped the Steelers on that last drive. You got beat for the seventh straight time by the Steelers. That's... 18 out of 21 times you lost at your house, but, yo, Dre and Tyler, how you figure that you're better than Pittsburgh? STFU and jump on the Escaloser, bitches. You lost. Act accordingly. But, boy, very few ever do uh, in today's NFL, in today's world, really. By the way, when Ben called that audible and A.B. went to the hizzy, To me, that reflected a lack of trust in Boswell at this point because the Steelers were in field goal range, and Ben kind of took a risk on that play, although a very minimal one. Uh, That was just a tremendously exciting game. I thought for a minute Justin Hunter set an illegal pick on AB's TD, but because it was right at the line of scrimmage and because McRae, the Bengals' DB, Because he initiated contact, it was okay. But there is disagreement. That includes among ex-refs. Terry McAuley said it was offensive pass interference. Al Riveron said it is not. And then you've got Tomlin not reviewing what appeared to be a touchdown by Connor. That was close. So close that while I would have reviewed it, I'd have not necessarily expected to win it because the evidence to overturn was not overwhelming. But I would like to know the Steelers' process for deciding what to review, who makes that call, what the chain of events, the chain of command uh, is. Because earlier, Tomlin reviewed a mark-of-the-spot call on a Switzer catch that was clearly correct, and Tomlin had 0% chance to win. So again, we got a lot to talk about, but my question for you is, have the Steelers turned it around? 412-333-WXDX. Um, the Steelers' locker room wasn't real happy with Vontez Burfecht after that attempted cheap shot on AB, and he reportedly told Juju that he would be next. Uh, ben spoke after the game yesterday, but here's something Marcus Gilbert said today about Vontez Burfecht, quote, hopefully one of these days he'll grow up, unquote. Well, no, Marcus, Vontez Burfecht won't ever grow up. But as far as I'm concerned, the Steeler O-line could say whatever it wants because it is a juggernaut right now. Pouncing to Castro 
through a couple run blocks yesterday that were so devastating, you noticed them on national network TV. Not the coach's tape, not the replay. You saw as the play went down live, my God, what did that guy just do on that block? Again, the Steelers' O-line is a juggernaut right now. Uh, Pitt almost beat Notre Dame, which is to say Pitt lost. And the buffoon coach made a terrible fake punt call that saw his punter, some schmuck who doesn't even have a name on the back of his jersey, this schmuck's rolling out like he's Russell Wilson. And at Creepy Valley, the other buffoon coach lost a game he shouldn't, and now Penn State season has been spayed and neutered. Uh, the Penguins lost in a shootout at Montreal 4-3 Saturday. And yes, the Penguins do look bad so far, but it's only October and it's only four games. Justin Schultz is going to be out four months with a broken leg. We certainly wish Schultzy a speedy recovery, uh, top player and top man. So now all the Ricola fans get their wish, and all the Mata haters do not. Uh, again, that's real tough for Schultz. But a break might be better than blowing out your knee. As long as Schultz recovers totally in four months and you get him back for the end of the season in the playoffs, well, it could have been worse. Kind of a fluke situation. Looked like he caught his skate in a rut as he was being knocked backwards. But the Steelers are the big story, along with the Le'Veon Bell situation, to update. Um, as of the top of the hour, Lev Bell had not shown up at Steelers HQ. Lev Bell not yet at Steelers HQ, and I say F him, let him go, let him walk. Every time he opens his mouth, horseman or tumbles out. He is a liabetic. Just let the guy go. Be done with it. I know about his talent, but one thing I can guarantee when Lev Bell does report, if he reports, and I'm not dismissing the possibility he's played his last game ever as a Steeler. In fact, that may be morphing into a probability. We don't know Lev Bell's going to show up in shape. We don't know Lev Bell's going to show up able to pass a drug test. But let's assume that he'll be okay on both those fronts. Let's assume that. One thing I feel very safe in predicting, Lev Bell won't show up invested in this team or in the Steelers' season. And a team that's regrouping and rallying just doesn't need that toxicity dropped right into the middle. We got Matt Williamson talking football at 3.30. We got the old 2-9er Phil Bork talking hockey at 4.30. You don't want to miss this show. We are drilling down deep. It's going to be a heck of a three hours. And right now I've got to tape a commercial, so let's go to a break. I'm Mark Madden, 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Mark, big fan, big fan. Good show. Like the uh, entertainment. There'd be candy bars, lollipops, and the occasional nickel. The X at 105.9. I just got a direct message on Twitter. A man who was already a hero to this program has now become one of the show's all-time top heroes. The man from Plumboro. Elias of WWE. He was doing media in Philadelphia today. The Flyers wanted him to do some in-game promotion video. Hello, I'm Elias. Let's go Flyers. To quote Elias, 
I couldn't do it. Had to tell them no, unquote. So I ask again, and everyone should answer in the affirmative, who wants to walk with Elias? Because I certainly do. Double M on the X. The windshield beat the bug again. The Steelers beat the Bengals. Seven straight wins over Cincinnati. That's 18 out of 21 at Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati for the Steelers. Those are just amazing numbers. Uh, AB came up big on that game-winning touchdown, and that's good for any number of reasons. One reason is it postpones AB's tirade because he's not getting the ball enough. Make no mistake, that is on the horizon. Although AB is on pace to get 107 catches for 1,275 yards, which is about what he got in 2016. That's not career year level, but it's not too bad. Uh, Ben kind of spoke out against Burfecht after the game. He referred to Burfecht threatening Juju right after Burfecht elbowed A.B. in the head. Burfecht told Juju he was next. And Ben said, quote, how do you allow that stuff? I agree, but full disclosure, James Harrison was just as dirty as Burfecht, although maybe not as often, but we tend to romanticize what Harrison did because he was a stealer. But to address what Ben said, there's no way to stop what Burfecht does short of tossing out the league, which won't happen. It's the same with Tom Wilson in hockey. Tom Wilson going to come back from that 20-game suspension and keep delivering headshots. You can bet on that. What a great game on Sunday Night Football. Brady was insane. Mahomes was great, but Brady was better. Tom didn't pass the torch as some thought might happen. In fact, the torch appears to be super glued to Brady's hand. Uh, Since you're not allowed to hit the quarterback these days, Brady might really play till he's 50. Uh, The Penguins practiced today. Matt Murray practiced. Uh, Tristan Jari is back in Wilkes. And Derek Grant, the center, he got called back up. The line combination stayed the same, which I don't like, with Broussard at left wing on the Crosby line, Rust at left wing, Gensel at right wing, and Shane at third line center. None of those moves make much sense to me. Moving Broussard to left wing dilutes your biggest advantage, which is center. But they feel the need to give Broussard a top six spot, I guess, and they overestimate Shane. They feel like Shane is wasted at fourth-line center. I would say that's Shane's biggest value. Okay, we keep getting told plus-minus is a meaningless stat in hockey. But you know what the new stat that means everything is? It's shot attempts for while you're on the ice compared to shot attempts against when you're on the ice. Now think about that for just a second. All that stat is is plus-minus with shots instead of goals. It's just an expanded, meaningless stat. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We got Matt Williamson talking football just around the corner. I love the physicality of the Steelers. Uh, Vance McDonald 
ran over Burfecht. James Conner ran over Burfecht and Williams. A whole bunch of Bengals left the game injured. Some came back. Some did not. The Steelers uh, took the Bengals and beat their ass up. I mean, it's always fun to win. But it's especially gratifying to beat a bunch of dipsticks like them and to win at Cincinnati after the Shazier injury occurred there last year. Uh, that's also special. Uh, James Conner posed for a picture with a kid before the game. The kid had a sign that said, I just finished chemo. That's a great moment. You know why? Unrehearsed. That's what made it a great moment. 412-333-9930. And let's go to Johnny at the fireplace. Johnny, you're on with Double M. Johnny, you there? Okay, good start to the calls for today's show. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're giving away Penguin tickets at 430. And we'll be right back with Matt Williamson to talk football here on 105.9 The X. The Steelers back in the discussion in the AFC North with a late win at Cincinnati yesterday. Joining me now to discuss, you can check him out at ClaytonFootball.com. He is our gridiron guru, Matt Williamson. Matt, what's your take on the winning touchdown? Did Hunter commit offensive pass interference or not? No, I don't think so. Uh, I, I think it's close. And if a, if a flag would have come out, I wouldn't have disputed it. But you're allowed to make contact within a yard of the line of scrimmage. And I thought that was within a yard, more or less. I mean, right in that neighborhood. And to me, it was kind of a 50-50 call, maybe even a 60-40 call. And I think they made the right one. Ben audible there, it appeared. What did Ben see? And why did that play open up for A.B. like it did? Yeah, it's really interesting because, I mean, I only watched it on on, uh, TV, obviously. But that's an odd situation for a defensive coordinator, especially one that doesn't blitz very much to begin with, to go cover zero. I think what Ben, I know what Ben saw, was there's no safety, there's no presence in the deep middle of the field. So he knows blitz is coming, and he's going to go to his guy. You know, I think that the Bengals thought that they were getting run, so they were going to try to blitz it and move the field goal back further. And Ben sees it, motions A.B. to a tighter split, so that they can get that rubber pick route from Hunter. I think Hunter executed it very well. Borderline, uh, a flag-worthy call, but borderline. And you see that all the time. I mean, the Patriots do that five, six, seven times a game, usually down by the, the goal line. You see it all over the NFL. They did it in the middle of the field. And the second he hit him in stride, and boom. I mean, he's running the daylight against no help in the middle of the field. And uh, a curious call by the Bengals. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but that play call at that time didn't exactly show faith in Chris Boswell to make a kick from that distance, did it? Well, I think you were looking too much into it. I mean, I think that Ben maybe audibled out of a run you know, and saw that this was a potential big play, easy completion, probably couldn't believe he was getting a cover zero blitz in that, that situation. I thought that was a veteran quarterback doing what you know veteran quarterbacks should do and exploit a bad defensive play call. Do the Bengals mentally, do they just wait to lose when they play the Steelers? How mental is it for Cincinnati when they play Pittsburgh? Yeah, I do think it's absolutely a barrier for them. I think it's a big brother syndrome without question. You know, the Steelers own them in their own building. 
professional athletes certainly don't like that. And going into this game, I had thought, well, I was at least open to the fact that Cincinnati was maturing as an organization in, in, in terms of learning how to win late in games because they were 4-1 and one, but weren't exactly playing like a 4-1 and one team, and they, they showed a lot of mental toughness this year late in games, but not against Big Brother. This sums up the Bengals for me, Matt. Dre Kirkpatrick committed defensive holding to give the Steelers fresh downs on that last drive and then afterwards said the better team lost. That is vintage Bengals right there. Yeah, it really is because to me in this game, the Steelers were pretty clearly the better team. I mean, many more first downs, time of possession, fewer mistakes. I thought they executed better and that the game probably shouldn't have been as close as it was. What was your take on that holding call on Kirkpatrick? Because I think it was a hold for sure, but I think you could also make the argument that it's a chintzy call at that point in the game. And I know Steeler fans would have been upset if a similar call had been made against the Steelers on defense. Yeah, I 100% agree. To me, that was a chintzy call. I mean, yeah, I understand the NFL in favors in, time, in throwing the flag there. If I was the ref and I got the opportunity to really see it, I would not have thrown the flag. Matt, uh, we talked about the one play specifically, the touchdown pass to A.B., but how good was Roethlisberger on that last drive? Uh, Not just the throws, but how he managed it. Yeah, exceptional. I mean, I thought he really showed up as a veteran leader, the field general, all those cliches, you know, give him that much time with three three timeouts in today's NFL, I mean, is awfully hard to play defense. You know, we saw the same thing with Brady and those guys last night. Like, you just... In a game like that with great quarterbacks, it shows up. You know, I mean, it's just having those – he was exceptional. I mean, to put it mildly, I mean, to answer your question, he looked very, very good and exactly what you'd expect. Here's the funny thing about uh, his connection with with A.B., the Wi-Fi, as A.B. calls it. It seems like they're not hooking up enough, but A.B.'s on pace for 106 catches, which is hardly chicken feed. And yesterday, Ben had a perfect quarterback rating every time he targeted A.B. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I've, said, I've got on record and got a lot of publicity for saying, and this was before last week's game, that to me it's not a connection problem. It's 84 getting open and for whatever reason, seven couldn't get him the ball. Um, that looks to be better, and I thought it would correct itself. And, and to me, that was, if there's going to be a problem, that's the one you want. If, if, if you looked at the tape and said, boy, A.B. can't get open anymore, then you worry, you know, because Ben has shown that he's going to get him the ball. And clearly, and this isn't new, but Brown is getting a lot of attention from opposing defensive schemes and is opening up things for everybody else as well, particularly the middle of the field and all the tight ends. We're talking to uh, Matt Williamson, our football guru, here on 105.9 The X. Matt, uh, the offensive line for the Steelers was great again. No sacks allowed, and that's the second straight week. And Ponce and DeCastro threw a couple run blocks that were so good, you noticed them on network TV. That that O-line's finally playing like it should, isn't it? Yeah, and there's a lot of good things that come out of this game, but the O-line might be the number one story for me. You know, that I think Ben got touched once, didn't get sacked. Um, their pass protection really has been good for a couple years, and the running game's been a little behind it. But I thought they were exceptional in the run game. Like you said, I mean, you're seeing Pat, DeCastro and especially Pouncey 
getting downfield, hitting moving targets, you know, uh, well down the field. Really, really impressive showing from the line. And, and you see the continuity. They don't make mental mistakes. I mean, if you watch around the league, a lot of the offensive lines don't communicate nearly that well. I don't think Steeler fans realize how important that is. You know, five same starters for a couple of years in a row doesn't happen very often in this league. Perfect. deliberately tried to injure Antonio Brown. Uh, will the league take a look at that, and, and what will it do? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't. I mean, if you, it, to me, that looked as intentional as you could be. And with his reputation and just coming off another suspension, I would think that leads to suspension. And if it were anybody else, I'd say maybe you get a game or a big fine. But at this point, I mean, how could you not suspend him more? I mean, his, his reputation and his history is unbelievable. That said, Matt, I bet he doesn't get suspended at all. I bet he gets fined. <laughs> yeah, me too. Now, it wasn't a good day for Burfecht, was it? McDonald ran him over. Connor ran him over. And looking at the big picture, the Steelers won the day physically, didn't they? They did. I'm glad you mentioned those two because usually when you think about winning the physical battle, it's dominating the trenches, making big hits on defense. But I absolutely loved McDonald once again and Connor once again with the ball in their hands, setting the tone that way. Um, in today's NFL, that's a, a legal way that you can beat up on your opponent. Uh, is the Steelers' defense getting better? Uh, the way I've been putting it today, Matt, is it doesn't stink quite as bad as it did. And, hey, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, right. And, again, if you judge it against the rest of the league, I'm getting to the point where I might say it's league average. You know, that's how bad the, the defenses are across the league. I mean, you saw the Bears and the Jags, who, to me, were clearly the best defenses in the league, got abused yesterday. I mean, got embarrassed yesterday. So teams aren't playing good defense in today's NFL. And the Steelers are playing certainly good enough defense and really league average defense and probably well above against the run, although yesterday wasn't their best day against the run. Well, here's where I see a difference, uh, Matt. Hayden's playing great despite that dropped interception, and they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. I mean, uh, Don after Don, they're getting close to the quarterback. To me, that's the whole key to the defense. I mean, they led the league in sacks last year. They were leading the league in sacks going into this game. They generate pressure from a lot of different people and a lot of different schemes and angles. And in a pass-happy league, if I can have one thing on defense, I want to pass rush. And they have it, and it, it, I believe in it now, even though they don't have a singular great pass rusher. Um, and because that leads to quarterbacks like Matt Ryan last week crumbling and you know holding the ball and you know, not playing his game. And more importantly, it leads to big plays, the turnovers and sacks and negative plays for the offense. And with this offense for Pittsburgh, if you can create a couple of those a game, they're going to be really hard to pick, really hard to beat. The guy who impresses me on the pass rush, maybe surprises is the better word, is Javon Hargrave. He's got three sacks, and a big fat guy in the middle ain't supposed to get many sacks, is he? No, and Cincinnati has center problems. There's no doubt about that. But I don't think Hargrave's gotten the credit around, you know, Steeler Nation that he's deserved so far. I thought he's had a really good year. And I think people around here also get the misconception of what that position is asked to do nowadays. I mean, he's not Hampton. He's not Steed. He's not two-gapping and eating up space. He's designed to be a big, powerful penetrator, and he's really perfect for it. On the other hand, the defense allowed two 
two-minute drills by Cincinnati. I mean, how often do you do that, Matt, and still win the game? And both times yeah. it was pretty easy. And what the frig was Artie Burns doing on that Boyd touchdown? Yeah, when we were talking about, you know, where is this defense, I meant to say they have one huge hole, though, and that to me is the opposite corner of Hayden. And even, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I know people are going to talk about first-round running backs and finding Shazier's replacement. Corner, to me, is by far the biggest need on this team when it comes to offseason, especially when you consider Hayden's age and, you know, he'll miss time from time to time. You know, where would they be if Hayden were down? Uh, no, I, I totally agree. And uh, But Burns wasn't the only victim on those two-minute drills. Like I said, that was pretty no. easy for Cincinnati, wasn't it? It, it was. I, I didn't mean to avoid the question. It was. Um, you know, they made some big plays. I thought Mixon looked good throughout the game. Boyd played really, really well. That's a good offense. I mean, that's not okay. You know, I mean, you let up two easy drives for points. You probably lose most of those games, like you mentioned. So, I mean, the defense is far from perfect, but it's a heck of a lot better than it was against Kansas City and Tampa Bay and some of those early games. James Conner had another very good game. Are the Steelers just as happy with Conner and not Bell? Uh, reading between the lines with a few things Ben said after the game, it doesn't sound like Ben necessarily wants Bell back. Yeah, you get that feeling. Um, one thing I would... One thing I would be doing if I were Tomlin is I would be going to the offensive coordinator and saying, I want you to find out some ways to get both those guys on the field together. And that's something that really hasn't happened around here, but it's happening more and more around the league and making Bell maybe your slot guy, give or take, or more you know, more receiver than running back. I think Connor's earned that. I don't think in the end, though, it's a bad problem to add a Hall of Fame running back to the mix. Yeah, but, 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 but Matt, I don't see any logical way to get them both on the field. I just don't. Yes and no. I mean, I see what you're saying. And Tomlin's If you put Bell in the ab- slot, he's he's uh, he's Eli Rogers. Yeah, but he's 240, 30 pounds. I mean, he's a great receiver. I don't know. I mean, I think if you, it's, it's having Lev Bell on your team and sitting him on the bench doesn't make any sense to me either. You know, that... Either Tomlin has to change his ways and get them both touches or dedicate to one or the other. And I tend to think if you dedicate to one, that should be Bell if he comes back and proves, you know, that he's the same player that we saw last after a game or two. But how long would it take Um, him to prove that? I know. I mean, that's the thing. Because both these guys, what's interesting about it is both these guys are workhorse you know, volume runners that get better as the game goes on with many, many touches, and you can't do that by splitting time. So it's an interesting dilemma, but I look at it as a positive more than a negative. Well, unless Bell doesn't show up at all because he didn't today. Have you heard any whispers in that regard? What's going on with him? Yeah, I haven't, and I'm actually headed towards my Steelers show now. I'll get some scoop there, but I'm a little too early. I don't know. Yeah, I... I just think the guys misled them so many times. I mean, he told ESPN, yeah. Matt, I'm going to be there for the bye week. Well, today's the bye week. Yeah, right. And I, do, I don't I, – I'm not sure that there isn't a trade in the works. And I have no scoop there at all. But to me, that would kind of answer all the problems you've asked. And if you could get a third-round pick and move on, or more importantly, maybe you could pry a corner away from a team whose contract is expiring and they don't plan on bringing back, that would be a logical move for me. Is the tight end now Ben's favorite target? Because 
it certainly looks like that. Um, sort of by default. I mean, I think that always will be A.B. And if Bell gets back in the mix, I think he'll, he will become the number two receiver. But I think it's more of a case of Ben just liking the open guy. And to me, that's a sign of maturity. I mean, it's a sign of advanced quarterback play. I mean, that's a Drew Brees-like trait. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. But, uh, boy, then that begs the question, why aren't other guys getting open as much as they should? Um, I don't know what you mean by that. I mean, I think A.B.'s been open consistently. Juju's had a really good year. Connor doesn't get asked a lot in terms of route-running prowess, but is done well in the passing game. Well, that's kind of my point, Matt. If if these guys are all getting open, and I believe you when, when you say they are, and from what I see they are, he prefers the tight ends. Um, I'd have to think about that one. I mean... Some of the teams they've played, particularly Atlanta, Kansas City, are just so soft in the middle of the field that that's that, that they're wide open and they are easy throws. I mean, I think he's, I think it's pretty clear, and I assume he recognizes this too, that he's become a much better better passer in the middle of the field, just in terms of his accuracy, not not even necessarily who he's throwing to, as opposed to down the sideline. Yeah, I'm you, you a might, bit on that one. You, you might be right. I do know he he has a a Wi-Fi, if you will, with Vance McDonald, so I expect that uh, that uh, hookup <laughs> to to increase and and not decrease. Matt, great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next week. All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. We'll That's you. Matt Williamson, our pro football guru. Check him out at ClaytonFootball.com. Up next, we're going to keep talking about uh, Lev Bell not showing up, or maybe we won't. I'll get into that in a few moments here on 105.9 The X. Lev Bell didn't show up today at Steelers headquarters, but uh, Lev Bell not showing up is not a story because Bell hasn't shown up a bunch of days before this. A whole bunch of days dating back to week one, or if you'd like to go back further, even more days dating all the way back to the start of training camp. When Bell does show up, that's a story. If Bell doesn't show up at all, that's a story. James Conner having a second straight 100-yard game is a story. Lev Bell no-showing today is not a story. No quarter brought to you by CW Electrical Services. Make the switch at CWElectricalServices.com. The Steelers' defensive line is playing a bit better. Tewitt had a sack, a tackle for loss, and two quarterback hits. That's big. And Hargrave got a sack. Uh, that's his third of the year. We were talking about that with Matt Williamson a moment ago. Uh, three sacks in six games is not bad for a wide body that is mostly supposed to just clog the middle. Excellent work by Hargrave. As mediocre as the Steelers' front seven has been most of the season, the Steelers have 22 sacks. That's second most in the league. That number does not lie. Here's something else that isn't a lie. Boy, does Artie Burns suck. That touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd was just too easy. 
I'm not sure how the Steelers can play Burns at all. He took a big interference call as well. Like Williamson said, that's their one big hole on defense. The platoon is starting to come together. That side of the ball for the Steelers is starting to come together, but the corner opposite Joe Hayden is just a big gaping hole. How about Marvin Lewis, the Cincinnati coach, knee babysitter? He pretended not to know about Burfick's elbow on Antonio Brown. What a loser Marvin Lewis is. He should have his own personal Escaloser. Baltimore won. They're 4-2. Cincinnati also 4-2. The Steelers are 3-2-1. I heard the B team talking today about the Steelers being in trouble with tiebreakers. Because they're only 1-1-1 one, one, one in the division. Yada, yada. But, yo, the Steelers have a tie. So tiebreakers will only come into play if they're tied with Cleveland. And if they're tied with Cleveland, forget about the tiebreakers. It's not good to be tied with Cleveland. There were no shortage of heroes in yesterday's Steelers win, but let's not lose track of one thing. More than anyone else, Ben Roethlisberger won the game. Ben was the number one star. That sorcery he pulled doing his one-minute drill was amazing, with his arm and with his mind. This time takes Ben for granted far too often, but it shouldn't after yesterday. And at any rate, I'm not going to let you. Ben Roethlisberger was the number one star yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger won the game yesterday. Ben Roethlisberger is the power and the glory forever and ever and ever. Amen. Steelers are 8-0-1 in their last nine road games. That's as impressive as beating the Bengals seven straight times and maybe even more so. Uh, There's only one hockey team in the nation of Kenya. So they came to Canada to play. And Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon joined them. It's a Tim Hortons commercial. It's great. I retweeted it. So check it out. My Twitter is at MarkMaddenX. I want to get this plug out there early in the week. The Riverhounds regular season is over. That's Pittsburgh's AAA-level soccer team. They finished third in the Eastern Conference of the United Soccer League. And they play Bethlehem Steel in the first round of the playoffs Saturday at Highmark Stadium, it would be great to see a huge crowd there for that. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Ralph and Emsworth. Ralph, you're on with Double M. Ralph, are you there? Calls are going really, really well today. Maybe eventually I'll take a call and the call will actually be there. Let's go to Johnny at the fireplace. Johnny, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, weren't you on before and you weren't ready when I took you? No, actually, you disconnected me, but that's okay. No, no, I'm going to disconnect you now, too. Goodbye. Be ready or be gone. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. In 30 seconds, I'm really going to insult the Cincinnati Bengals gratuitously and for a long time, too. So you don't want to miss that. 105.9 The X.